Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm supposed to take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value taming, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we can't no value the haters. How they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. Yeah. <clears throat> What a night last night oh my God. was. Was that crazy or what? My Started voice. at 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be four hours. It's midnight. <clears throat> people are not leaving. We're asking <clears throat> people to live. If you missed it, do not miss the next live podcast we do at 5990 Federal. Uh, matter of fact, if you want to be added to the list with the next guest, the, with the moment we announce, the VIP goes first. Uh, if you want to be added to the list, last time we had Giuliani, Dave Rubin debate, oh, screaming, man. hollering, a meme. If you, we can show this meme, <laughs> this is this is actually what the, the mayor said last night, and he said, "I don't know what a meme is." If you can show this, Rob, <laughs> but I know what. I know what a dick is. <laughs> These are line well, of the night. You had to be there. It, it was, was so nice of Rudy to have you on his podcast. You know, so yeah, <laughs> he allowed you to maybe get a couple yeah. words in. Exactly. That was very he was great. He very was. But by the way, if you guys, if you guys want to get the notice for the next one when we're doing this, remember text the word podcast to three one zero three four zero one one three two. Rob, let's put that in the chat in the comment mm-hmm. section as well. Text the word podcast to three one zero three four zero one one three two to be to know the moment we announce the next. live live because last night was mm-hmm. absolutely epic yeah but by, by the way i mean i'm gonna give three shout outs shout out to dave rubin and rudy giuliani it was just awesome it was great hanging with those guys we had dinner before the podcast having fun rudy's lady dave's friends it, it was awesome the value tanners that showed up i mean we've got such an awesome audience awesome base that we got whether they love me or hate me or all of us they just it's always respectful smart intellectual we've got such a a great crew. And then our crew. Shout out to the team, man. Oh, my God. I mean, whether it's Eric, Jorge, Kelly, Mario. You say they Malik, Mike, Deli. Just it the was squad sick. is doing And Rob over here. Fake Malik my, over Rob, here. everybody. It was just, I'm, just, I'm very proud of the team. And how impressed were you guys with Giuliani? 80 years old. I, every, I was waiting. Like, 78, the, bro. Don't go there. My bad. I'm... I'm uh, Dave Dave's like, I don't think we need to have an 80-year-old president. <laughs> and he opened his mouth. I'm like, in front hey, of his face. hey, hey, yeah, hey, Dave. Yeah. But he was <laughs> sitting right like, next compa- to you. Compare him to like a Biden. But Pat, he's well-spoken. Yeah, he's long-winded. Yeah. But everything was, was on point. And one funny thing, I actually saved it for the end of the night. I got him in the cigar lounge, and he's sitting there. And it's like, Pat, smoke. It's like mafiosa. I go, I go, hey, uh, hey Mayor, I have, um, I'm from New York. My name is Vincent. He's like, shakes my hand. I go, Thank you for, as a New Yorker, you cleaned up the streets. You did everything. My family, you know, they're happy, but there is one problem. And he's like, what's that? All of his team turns around. I go, you got rid of all the prostitution on 42nd Street. And he's like nodding. And I go, my sister hasn't worked since. <laughs> and everybody's like, what the hell? And I go, we want answers. And he laughs. He goes, oh, you're the comedian. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, Give me your sister's number. I'm going to call her. <laughs> I'm gonna call her personally. But make what sure she but get her yeah, back yeah. to work on but, the streets. But a night from from beginning to end, it was just it's one of those nights where you sit back and you're like, holy yeah. shit, we did. It, it was a great night. So last night was a lot, a lot of politics, a lot of politics. Today, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk uh, business. Musk had a few comments to Chuck Schumer uh, after Trump's arrest. That's semi politics. Pelosi event turns chaotic. That is semi. Politics, anti-war protesters. Uh-oh. But there's Uh-oh. a few things going on with business here. Private payrolls rose by 145,000 in March, well below expectation, ADP says. Higher March jobless claims add to sign of cooling labor market 
Job cuts are almost up 400%. This year as jobless claims rise. Bank failures, high inflation, rising rates. Is the resilient job market about to crack? That's a WSJ uh, Wall Street Journal story. Gen Z is sick and tired of their jobs. Uh, bosses want hard workers. This is also a Wall Street Journal story. Check this out, folks. Boss want hard workers, so they're hiring older people. Okay, It's a shot at Ooh. younger people. Twitter labels NPR as state-affiliated media. you got to see this. Walmart says 65% of their stores will be surface, serviced by automation in three years. Let me say that one more time. 65% of their stores will be serviced by automation in three years. Not 30 years, not 20 years, not 10 years, not five years, in three years. Boomers home buying bonanza. Luxury home sales plunge 45% with Miami and Hamptons hitting the hardest. You know we're going to be making some aggressive offers in the next mm-hmm. couple of months. Let's go. California residents need to make this much money to be happy. Wait till you see what this number is for Californians to be happy. But before we go find out how to make Californians happy, let me give a quick shout-out to our sponsors. Masterworks, at a crazy time like this with everything that's going on with Silicon Valley Bank with, I'm watching Jamie Dimon. They're asking him a question. Do you think Jamie, just yesterday, do you think Jamie, a few other banks are going to go out of business? And Well, you know, there may be a few other banks. The way he just said it is like, yeah, I mean, it's not like really a big deal. There may be a few other banks going out, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be. Did you see that, the way he yeah. said it? Translation, yeah, I'm going to go shopping pretty soon. Exactly. And he, he has the, all the money in the world to be able to do that. The one thing that is becoming talked about by a lot of people in the investment world is alternative investments, alternative assets. And one of them is art. Just to kind of give you an idea of what happened last year, last year was the best auction year ever where the highest total big three auction houses did $18 billion. Last time inflation was this high, contemporary art appreciated at an average of, you ready, 20% per year. So these guys here at Masterworks, they got now nearly 660,000 members. You know, it's by invitation only. You have to wait to get into the system of what they have going on. What you're able to do, to do is you can buy Picasso painting, but rather than you buying the whole thing, you get to buy a share of the Picasso painting. You get to buy a share of the Banksy. They do all the paperwork. They do all that stuff. You just go and you buy stock into it, and then if it appreciates, you can sell it. Hmm. And uh, they have a system for it. Everything is done by the SEC. So if you guys want to learn more about these guys, approved by the SEC, meaning they're, doing, they're qualified with the SEC and broken into shares. If you want to learn more about Masterworks, uh, and to get an invitation, l- click on a link below masterworks.art forward slash PBD podcast. Once again, masterworks.art forward slash PBD podcast. Purchase shares and great masterpieces like P- Pablo Picasso, Banksy, Andy Warhol, and more. So let's get right into it. Tom, private payrolls rose by 145,000 jobs and 145,000 in March. Well below expectation, ADP says. Okay, so this was a, a topic that everybody was talking about the last 24 hours. Um, this is down from an upwardly revised 261,000 in February, down below Dow Jones' estimate of 210,000. The first quarter hiring averaged around 175,000 jobs a month, a share, sharp reduction from the average of 397 just a year ago in first quarter. Okay, According to ADP's chief economist, Nella Richardson, the March payroll data is one of several signals that the U.S. economy is slowing down. Employers are pulling back from a year of strong hiring and pay growth, with pay growth now inching down 
Job growth was almost evenly split between services and goods producing firms, which is unusual. The U.S. economy is heavily service oriented, so the services sector generally produces much stronger hiring gains. Tom, why should we care about this number? So there's a couple numbers to care about this morning. And first of all, happy Good Friday to everybody. And hopefully we give you some good ideas and some things to use with these stats as you manage your life and your business. There's a couple things going on here, Pat. Do you ever have like your favorite basketball team plays and you see a couple things that happen and what happened maybe at the net really started like 45 seconds ago at the other end of the court and things were forming and they come together or it's your favorite football team and you see something happen. You say, well, it really wasn't the touchdown. You have to go two plays before that. Momentum being built up. Correct. And right. things happening. Well, here's here's what's interesting happening. And, and Rob, if you could be ready with the chart I sent you. Right now, there are three things that are moving together right now that are very bad. It is the change in job openings is dropping. So number the number of job openings is dropping. When we saw the uh, layoffs a week ago with Meta, remember part of the Meta was, well, we're laying off 4,000 more people, but we're canceling 5,000 open jobs. So people that day that went online looking, hey, Meta's got like 5,000 engineering jobs. Poof, they were gone. Mm. So they call that net 9,000. So they eliminated 9,000 jobs. So those job openings are going away at an increasing rate, number one. And number two, the private payrolls rising less than expected means there was hiring, but less hiring than was expected, number two. And then number three, the percent change in quits is dropping through the floor. Let me explain quits. The government actually tracks the number of people that quit jobs, and this is before they get an unemployment check. Because when your Social Security number is with uh, the IRS mm-hmm. and you're going to get a W-2, yep. they know who you work for. And if you change jobs at the end of the year, you get two W-2s, one for this job, one for that job. So the government can track when your Social Security number moves from one company to another, and they call that a quit or a job change. And so they get the stats. <clears throat> so what you have, everything coming together here, um, there's a chart that if you, can they see that right now? Perfect. So you take a look at this. This is by regions. And there's a government chart that you can look at anytime you want called JOLTS, J-O-L-T-S, which is Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey. And it'll tell you like the temperature of your region of what's going on for the job economy. And right now, Job openings are down, lowest since 2021. Layoffs are up, and it's not just tech. And quits are down. So people with jobs are not quitting at the same rate they were in any of the previous three years, Pat. Remember when it was fashionable to quit, walk across the street, tell them, and I want to work from home, and I want to bring my dog to work, and I only want to work four days, all those things, and I want 20% more, and employers were kind of desperate for workers, and so during COVID, sometimes they said yes. So the workers kind of had this leverage point, and as you've said on the podcast, a lot of times workers overplayed their hand, because three years later, they're looking for layoffs, and the boss is saying, okay, who took me to the bank? What's who- unique about this, though, Tom? So w- what's unique about this? What What is the same? These, all of these things coming together are saying that we have a very soft job market right now and you've got the wall street journal cnbc and the official business magazine of china forbes 
they're all saying the same thing, <laughs> saying, look out. The word is look out. It's like this is, think of it this way, Pat. There is a check engine light on the jobs part of the U.S. economy. We haven't stalled and we haven't pulled over yet. But when you take a look at everything here, job openings down, fewer people hired, and fewer people quitting. That means the entire job market is nervous. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe re- let me read this other I stat. So th- this kind of gives you a little bit of, of what you're trying to say. Job cuts are almost up 400% this year as jobless claims rise. Okay, so th- this is a specific The Job cuts have nearly sharpened, sh- uh, risen sharply with roughly, job cuts have uh, sh- uh, risen sharply with roughly 270,000 job cuts so far this year, 396% increase from last year. What was that percent? 396%. Oh, so that's big. That's a very <laughs> big number on what they're talking about. The tech sector was hit the hardest for job cuts according to accounting for 38% of all the layoffs this year. Financial companies came in second, accounting for 11% of layoffs. Giants such as Amazon, Google, and Meta fired over 10,000, and it's not even slowing down. Adam, you were going to say something. Yeah, well, look, if you're anything like me, like I'm reading all these reports right here, and if you focus on all this, it is so easy to get anxious and stressed out like if you just read any of these headlines jv diamond warns of the banking crisis has raised the odds of recession u.s health system will go bankrupt the next few years more signs pointing towards an eminent slowdown private payrolls rose 154,000 below below expectations higher jobless claims more jobs cuts more jobs cuts bank failures high inflation it's like holy shit what does this mean for me right because at the end of the day tom is more of a macro guy and i'm more of a personal finance guy you could take all this stuff, and you have to look in the mirror and be like, okay, what am I going to do? You know how they say that like degrees pay fees and skills pay the bills? You have to look in the mirror and, and see, am I where I need to be skill-wise? Am I, you know, Warren Buffett says the one, number one way to be inflation-proof or recession-proof is to actually just be good at your job. Yeah. Okay? So with all this chaos going on in the economy... It's so easy to feel overwhelmed. Like, I'm sure Vinny's head's about to explode with all these numbers. I'm going to throw up. But, but if you're Vinny, yeah. if you're Rob, if you're me, are you showing up to work every day? Are you putting in the work? Are you improving? Are you outworking? Are you outstrategizing? And that's the only way to outlast in a rough economy. Because every, every day there's a new report. The economy is a recession. Inflation. Actually, we're getting better. Oh, no. Yeah. Hold on. Stock market. Bitcoin up, down. Yeah. I don't know what to make of it. But if I'm you, I have to take a deep breath and be like, okay, what can I do to control what's going on? You know, they say that there's two things in life. Things that matter and things that you can't control. Or where you can focus mm. is where those two things intersect. You can't control everything and not everything matters. But where they diverge is where you should focus. So I would sum it up, step back from the macro, and, and thank you for the nudge, is if you've got a good job, keep it. Right now is the wrong time to walk across the street for a 5% difference in salary. If you've got... if. Show some loyalty. If you own a business, and so many people, so many value tainers out there are business owners. When we had our last live event, it's like 70% of people in the audience. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Business owners, and thank you for your support. Right now is a time to look around, and if you need to make an upgrade of a key position, you probably have a hungry person that might show up at the yeah. door as opposed to a couple years ago. So maybe now's the time to make an upgrade, and now's the time to show some love to your great people and the people that maybe were pains. You may be opportunities to upgrade them now. And, and Pat, you've we've had this conversation many times. I know we brought this up a couple podcasts ago about whether it's good time to ask for a raise, stay loyal, loyalty, what's being rewarded, you know, over COVID. Things were so up, things that went down, but I know you have strong feelings on what employees should be doing in this type of situation and how employers should respond to that, right? Yeah, look, I mean, I understand the message you're given. Your message is, hey, you know, uh, uh, be careful reading a lot of these stories because you're going to be scared and you're going to be this and, you know, focus on yourself. And all. Yeah, you're right. All of that stuff is fine. But people are here because they actually want to know, like, what's going to happen to the economy, right? They're, they're here because they want to get our feedback, our opinion on, is this the time? Are we getting close to it? What should we do? And, you know, they get to mess, make a decision for themselves. We don't have the answers. We're just processing, mm-hmm. having conversations together. I can tell you, this is a real issue, okay, with unemployment. This is a real issue with unemployment. Uh, they've been they've been worried about this for a minute, and even Wall Street Journal here says bank failures, high inflation, rising rates is the resilient jobs market about to crack. Because for the longest time, if you remember the last uh, uh, speech that Biden gave, which what do you call it when the president's giving a speech from uh, from uh, the 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 House? What do you call State that? of the State Union? State of the yeah. Union. Yeah. And all he bragged about was what unemployment. Is at three and a half percent. I've added more jobs yeah. than yeah. any emperor in history. Yeah. You're the president, sir. Yeah. President. <laughs> yeah. So, but by the way, but so, so here's the problem. What do you do when that's now gone? Right. The U.S. labor market, according to Wall Street Journal, has been resilient despite the pandemic and economic risks, with employers adding 5.6 million jobs since the start of 2022 which is a good thing to talk about if you're campaigning. Mm-hmm. However, recent banking industry turmoil has raised concerns about whether the labor market momentum will slip. Quitter confidence has declined gradually since April 2022. Okay, The key word, quitter confidence, uh, indicating that workers are less confident in their ability to job hop. That's the key here, what Tom talked about just a minute ago than they were a year ago. Shorter hours amongst private sector workers could indicate that businesses are growing cautious and might trim hours before laying off workers. The the Fusion Index, which is a gauge of broad-based job gains and losses across industries, fell to its lowest since 2020 uh, in February of 2023. Real-time job postings data, which employment and websites could offer timely clues about, about employers' future hiring intentions with some economic econ- economists suggesting that companies may pull down job postings without laying off workers in response to slowing sales and heightened uh, uncertainty. Okay, so we recently, you know, I'll give you an idea. For us, even at home office, we're running a company. So when the company says, we're shifting, the company shifted technology, okay, company working with shifted technology for about 90 days. During those, it was about 60 days, 70 days. During those 60, 70 days, we couldn't hire anybody. We couldn't hire anybody, okay? Because the system was updating. Perfect. During that 60, 70 days, if you can't hire anybody, normally if you, if you lose somebody, what do you do? You hire somebody. Mm-hmm. You replace them. 
if you lose two people, you replace them, right? But if you and, – and that happens for a week, for a month, for two months. Let's just say you lose five people. You can't replace those people if there's a freeze, right? And you can't hire for that 60-, 70-day period. Well, imagine if companies are not only letting people go, but they're no longer even hiring new people. What's going to start happening is the job that was being done by 100 people now needs to get done by 90 people, by 80 people, hmm. by 70 people. By sixty people, by fifty people, overworked. Which means, which means, some of these companies, it's either overworked. But there's a second thing to it, Vinny. Here's a second thing, which is scary to workers. The scary thing to workers is the following: when companies realize, wait a minute, we're getting everything done with sixty employees, and we were doing it at hundred, and we don't even have to do overtime. Yeah, we were the additional 40 employees we had, we were spending, I don't know, two million a year. Now we're just paying four hundred thousand dollars in overtime. We're still saving one point six million and we're doing it with sixty employees. We don't need to go hire those forty people back. Maybe we had a lot of employees here who were really not doing shit. shit. <laughs> You're right. There you go. That's wow. the problem because there's no more hide and go seek and you were able to get away without working. The lazy people are about to be exposed. Wow. Okay? The reckless entrepreneurs are about to get exposed. Okay? Those people who were working, doing their job, being diligent, improving, they're also going to be exposed in a positive way. The business owners that didn't celebrate and get cocky while money was so cheap in the economic expansion, they became arrogant, lazy, sloppy. Those guys are going to get destroyed. But the guys that improved... You know, found ways to get better. They took care of their guys that were in the office on a daily basis. They're going to be exposed in a positive way. The market is open. Things are things are cheap right now. Companies are going to be bought left and right. Opportunities are going to come where talent's going to leave a company because the CEO wasn't at work on a daily basis. He's going to take his talent somewhere else. She's going to take her talent somewhere else. We're getting so many calls because we have so many job openings right now. We're doing interviews right now on a, on a daily basis, okay? Mm-hmm. You're seeing people coming in here. We're on top of each other in this building. We can't even fit people in this building here right now. We have a building issue. We have a space issue right now, which my, is a great issue. My office is willing, my op- willing to move here yeah then they're they're not even from here they're coming from all over the world to come and be part of the valuetainment team my office is the men's bathroom now you know that right so anyway keep going is that what you're doing no that's my that's my when you're like are you pooping again no because i'm working no well you were pooping yesterday that's a different story story. but 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 the point here but the point here but the point we have uh, but the point here is the fact that the the good people are finding each other it was hard to find each other let me replace good the hardworking drivers who are ambitious couldn't really identify who was who. It was too blurry yeah. two years ago. Today, they're like, oh, so you were full of shit this entire time. Oh, yeah. They're real. I'm going over there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Damn, I am with a real company. Thank God I'm staying put. I'm not right. going anywhere. So that's the thing that's going on today. And by the way, I'll go to you right after this. For election, if you think about election-wise, this is going to hurt because to get reelected, you need to have some kind of success or a war. So you need to have a great economy that no one's bothering. Everybody's like, yeah, dude, if the economy's this good, let, let it roll. Let's go one more time with this guy. Yeah. Or you need to have a war where it's fear, anxiety, and you're like, well, we can't make a disruption because we're doing this. One of those two things. If you no longer have this data to say, look what a great job we've done with unemployment. Now what data are you going to be talking about? Yeah. Well, I was, I was just, just really fast. And Adam, you brought up the point. And Pat, I'm happy you brought it back. All this, I've been here for next month is going to be my one year. 
Meg. I, I moved here. It's crazy. It's crazy. And May. Wow. All this talk, Adam. Happy recession. Thank you. The recession, the, you know, inflate everything that's happening and all that. I, like, for someone that doesn't really know, like, like as much as you guys know, I feel like, like, this bubble is is getting to, to a point where it's going to pop, but this administration's like saving it so it doesn't pop under this watch. Is that what is that's what happened? Because remember, the White House changed the definition of recession live. What we were we were in here, and they're like, no, two quarters. No, that's not. They changed it on Wikipedia. So Adam, do you feel like they're saving it because they know it's going to pop, but they don't want it to happen under their watch? What? Well, yeah, any politician doesn't want something like that to happen under their watch. Yeah, I, I think what Pat brings up is a good point because. There's basically two parts to a company. Yeah. There's the employer, the business owner, the entrepreneur, and there's the employees. Yeah. Okay. The workers. And I don't know what percentage of the company are the entrepreneur, you know, C-suite executives. 5%, 10 percent, 90% yeah, of the company are the workers. Well, yeah. sometimes it's one lonely guy who founded yeah. the company. Yeah, yeah, up in the up in the attic. With, with yeah. the, and he's hired all these people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think you know Pat's more speaking to the business owners. I'm more speaking to the employees. Um, I'm not a CEO. I'm not a business owner, so I, I never kind of step out of place with that. That's really why I respect what Pat and BizDoc do. You know, my message is usually to the employees, to the Vinnies of the world who's like, buddy, you want to start a company, buddy. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. hire me to do your next but what do you say party. about this, though? What do you say about, we got that point. What do you say yeah. about this? About what's the question? No, about, about what, what we just talked about for the last time. What do you have thoughts on this? Well, one thing, <laughs> Pat mentioned and the diffusion index. Just think of that as the thermometer on jobs. And the diffusion index is the lowest it's been since April of 2020. Rob, can you go back to that chart you just showed? It's the lowest it's been since April 2020. Would you like to see what the market was doing in April of 2020? That was the COVID free fall. Yeah. Remember that, Pat? Look at that. So they're saying that this temperature gauge on jobs is as low as it's been since then. So it's, it's real, folks, and it's coming, and you need to manage yourself accordingly. Yeah, there's, uh, there's not a, this is not a hypothetical. This is coming based on data. And by the way, you know, b based on that, you're hearing different generations how they're looking at work, yeah. right? You got Gen Zs are getting sick and tired of their jobs, okay? I'll give uh, uh, this story here, and then, Adam, I'm going to come to you. That sounds like poor um, timing. Yeah. Gallup survey shows that from 2019 to 2022, if you can have this chart to show it, Rob, that'd be great. Their shares of people under 35 who reported being engaged with their jobs dropped from 37% to 33, 4%, not a big a drop, but it's the lowest level since 2011. At the same time, the share who reported being actively disengaged rose from 17, uh, 17 to 12, 5%. That's a real number on 17 to 12. Remote and hybrid work during the pandemic is a significant factor in the growing workplace disgruntled men of younger generation, young workers aren't getting enough social interactions, mentorship, and guidance from their managers and more experienced colleagues in remote and hybrid work environments. The rise of digital messaging tools like Slack has also made it harder for early career employers to learn by osmosis in an office. I wonder why. Companies can improve the office experience, reorganize the workplace to create more space for people to collaborate and socialize, organize more happy hours, pay for, oh my God, <laughs> pay for parking and subway place uh, fares. By the way, this sounds, can you find out who the writer of this article is? She, he, she sounds pissed off. Who is the writer? It's okay. one of the what, what, what Aki is saying 
saying, Aki's boss, please. She is asking for a parking pass <laughs> or a subway fare, like a please. you know money there to help her out with. Uh, allow people to arrive later. She wants to come later to work yep. and leave earlier to avoid rush hour com- commutes and help facilitate the social interactions and mentorship that young people are otherwise missing. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How do you, Pat, you are a big mentor. Sorry to interrupt. But how the hell do you get mentored by showing up later and leaving earlier? No, mm-hmm. but you know what it is, though? This is a crock I want of shit is what this is. Mentorship. Tell a younger person, younger people don't want to work that hard. <laughs> what? Yeah. How the hell you move up in a company? How the hell do you move up in your uh, in your career, Adam? Yeah, I think there's a four-letter word that uh, uh, young people need to understand that is not a bad word, and that word is work. Yeah. Okay? Not up in here. No, not up in here. <laughs> not up in here. Yeah, I mean, guys, the reality is if you're 20 years old, you're going to be working, that four-letter word again, work, for the next 50 years. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> For the next Get, 50 years. Kill so yourself there's, now. You can't microwave <laughs> success. Yeah. Okay? It's a slow burn, mother suckers. <laughs> there's no like, oh, let me just show up to the office at 10 o'clock, leave by 4, check out, get the parking pass. With DJ. my dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not how it works. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Maybe they need like an, an, an inspirational speaker or somebody that they can look up to. Since the transgender thing Anthony is becoming Robbins a big or? hit, maybe there was a famous poet Okay, from the transgender community, and he said, "You better work. <laughs> you better work. You better work. <laughs> work work your- at Gen Z's." <laughs> or maybe shout out wait, to great RuPaul. RuPaul. Even RuPaul knew that you. RuPaul better knew work. you or better work. <laughs> Coming from RuPaul, we're trying to be understanding. I mean, listen, to this guys, you will end up the Saz and Listen to RuPaul at work. You will end up living in a van <laughs> down, down by the river. river. Yeah, wow. I think that Gen Z needs to realize that work and yeah. work ethic is not a bad thing. Yeah, it's what's going to help you survive yep. for the next seventy years of your freaking life. Yeah, and if you're not used to getting used to it now, buddy, whether this recession happens or not, it's coming at some point. And so, and- so here's what's crazy about what you're saying right now, Adam. It's the next story. Which is funny about this. So let me, let me, without ruining the story, let me just read it. <laughs> so one story, Insider, this tells you who's writing for Insider and who's writing for Wall Street Journal. So the Insider story is about don't work people so hard. Here's a Wall Street Journal story. Let's go. Bosses want hard workers, so they're hiring older people. <laughs> And by the way, older people who have been through recessions, yeah. and they know they're like, you know, this could get really bad because yeah. I'm old and I've been through That's it. So right. you know what? You better put your head down and work or you're going to get your yeah. ass shot off. All the work, older workers are increasingly in demand at businesses as they're more likely to have a strong work ethic, show up on time, and value stability. Companies such as Kinder Care, Learning Centers, and Manpower Group have signed AARP pledge to give workers over 50 a shot at hiring. People 55 and older are the fastest growing segment of the workforce, and the Trend is driven by demographic shifts, longer lifespans, and a weak stock market. A Wall Street Journal uh, survey of America's values found that three-quarters of people 65 and older said hard work is very important to them personally compared to 61%. 18 to 29, ageism remains a barrier for some older workers, but age discrimination complaints to Equal Employment Opportunity Commission dropped, ready, 45%. 
from 2011 to 2021. Hey, normally the older workers were afraid of being replaced by the 23-year-old. Hey, 23-year-old, you know what this article says to you? They're no longer scared of you because you're lazy. Yep. You don't work hard. How much does that suck? FYI, just so you know this. As a kid growing up, if I, you know how people say, well, my dad always did this, and my mom always called me, my mom called me a moron, my dad called me this. You know what my dad called me when I was a kid? Mm. You're lazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. He said it thousands of times when I was 14, 15, 16. I was so sick of it. And then I said, maybe this man is right. I'm and I lazy. went in the army. I said, you know what? No, I'm going to work my ass off. Then in a marketplace, sits there and says, you want to work? We're going to reward you. We're going to reward you. Tom, what do you have to say about a story? Not that you, re- you, you relate to the older people, but yeah. what do you have to say about a story like this? Um, <laughs> we're seeing it, and we're seeing it. And uh, Pat and I are involved on a, c- a couple companies, and, um, and one's in the music industry, one's in the insurance industry, and one's in media. So this is a pretty diverse group, and we are seeing people that were sick and tired of maybe – the politics and the wokeism and a lot of things of large jo- organizations looking forward to coming back to a mid-sized company and bringing all their experience and skills. We are seeing interviews. These interviews have been unbelievable, Pat, right? We say, well, why do you want to do this and do this? Because you guys inspire me. I love the youth that's here. I love the diversity that's here. And so for many of them, they don't want to be. They don't want to be in that old environment and they're here saying i'm going to work hard i'm going to bring my experience and i'd love to be part of this because it kind of inspires me again so 23 year olds you better be careful because that's not that those aren't you know practiced interview questions that is the passion mm-hmm. of their heart and they're willing to come and they're coming for your job i'll say one don't thing. come no don't oh, i'm come. gonna come <laughs> don't i'll say don't. one thing about these wor- these older guys once they can figure out how to turn their computer on? Yeah, it's over. They kill the game. <laughs> but if you're giving them a computer and say, hey, get to work, they're like, I got no clue about it's this. so funny. Laptop, yeah. Twitter, Rob, social I'm gonna send media. You yeah. Open windows. But, yeah. The window is open. Yeah, the window. I, I don't Try know. the soup. What's wrong with <laughs> the soup? I don't, agree. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> By the way, it, it, like we learned yesterday, Rudy doesn't know what a meme is. No. <laughs> He does not. He knows what a dick is. So, uh, by the way, uh, some people are some people say this argument when you say something like this. They say, you know, you're not being sympathetic to the younger generation. Okay, okay, no problem. Or they'll say, Pat, the richer are the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor. Okay, and that's not cool. You know, the wages are low. They're not paying as well as they did before. No problem. Let's. I have a data to help you with your argument. Okay. Okay. So I'm very comfortable showing data that is against my argument, but I'm going to make my argument towards this. If you can look at this data right here, check this out. From 1979, 1980 till today, give or take, okay? What this chart shows is the red, you notice at the top, is the top one percentile, okay, of earners in America. Income gains at the top dwarf those at the low and middle income households. They're right. The next is the blue, 19%. It's growing, but not crazy. Then it's the next 60% that's actually beating the 19%. Then you got the bottom 20%, okay? Now, it's easy for somebody to say what? They're going to say, well, th- this is exactly the complaint, Pat. It's it's exactly what happens. This is why the rich keep getting rich and the poor keep getting poor. Yes. And by the way, that separation is going to happen and going to get wider and wider. I'm going to give my argument. You, the audience, give yours. 
Adam, Tom, Vinny, you give yours. Okay. And, you know, let's learn from each other. Here's my ideas. couple things. One, I remember, you know, uh, I'm in the Army. Me and this other guy, he says to me, we're sitting in a room, and, and the sergeant says to us, guys, start setting aside $200 a month of your money into a Roth IRA. And I'm like, this guy's full of shit. You want me to put $200 a month into a Roth IRA? You're out of your freaking mind. Okay. So I leave. My buddy, we go out two weeks later to, to the club, and I'm buying drinks. I'm having fun. I'm like, dude, how come you're not drinking? He says, dude, I can't, I can't afford it. I said, dude, what do you mean? We make the same amount of money. We live in the same place. We, we have the same exact car payment. He says, yeah, the difference is I'm setting aside $200 a month in a Roth IRA. I said, what a freaking boring guy yeah. you are, you freaking idiot. Yeah. You know, and I'm making fun of him, right? Anyways, two and a half years later, I'm getting out of the army, okay? I'm ETSing. Yeah. And <laughs> we're sitting there talking. This guy shows me an account, says, Pat, look at this. It's got like six or $7,000 in it. He's got six or 7000 which some people say, that's not a lot of money, Pat. What are you talking From about? back then, yeah. Was. Tr- dude, trust me. That was a lot of money because I got out of the army with nothing. Yeah. And I sat there and I'm like, damn. So watch this. Just two and a half years ago, we had the same exact net worth. So every month, his net worth was going higher than mine by 200 bucks. 200 Plus bucks. interest on the other Plus six. Plus interest on the other six. So eventually, the separation between him and I got what? Wider and wider and wider and wider naturally. That moment when I got out of the army broke, I understood the concept of this freaking guy set aside 200 bucks. This lazy guy that wanted to party nonstop with his money, drank. he wasn't a long-term thinking. I was drinking, partying. That's what I was doing. But I learned very quickly. Once I got out and I started working at Bally's, I started setting aside my money. One day, a year after, uh, nine months after being at Bally's, my boss and I are sitting there, with the three of us, we're at Denny's. And they had been at Bally's for nine years. I'd been at Bally's for nine months. They said, hey, man, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. I said, how much cash you got? He's like, dude, I got no cash. I'm paycheck to paycheck. I said, dude, you make more money than I do. How much cash you got? Dude, I got no cash. I'm paycheck to paycheck. I'm like, how much cash you got, PBD? I'm like, dude, I got $10,500. You got $10,000. you have only been with us for nine months. I know, bro, but I'm saving everything I'm making. Mm-hmm. Seriously, yes. Bingo. So this chart shows if you... Keep saving and investing, and others don't. You don't separate incrementally in a way that you think. You separate exponentially. And by the way, the separation's gonna get wider and wider and wider and wider. No matter how much you bash rich people, they're gonna go wider because while you were kicking at wanting to work three, four days a week, they're doing six days a week because the Bible says take one day off. And a lot of people follow that guideline of just taking one day off. But everybody wants a four day work week. Don't be upset at the guy that's whooping your ass because he's working six days a week for 10 years and you work four days. Let's actually do the math. Boom. A guy works six days a week and only takes Sundays off, which is what I did. And it's till today, that's my philosophy, right? So a guy works six days and he takes one day off over a year span. What is it over a year? Over a year, you get 52 additional days a year, mm-hmm. okay? Which is how many hours? Roughly 416 hours because I'm doing 58 times eight. I think that's 416 hours, right? So if that's 52 additional days you get per year. Do you realize within six years, within seven years, you got one additional year? Wow. 
within 10 years, you got years, within 10 years, <laughs> you got 520 additional days. You got 4,000 additional hours. Yeah, brother, we're not in the same league, homie. Sorry. We're not going to be competing in the same league. But let me give you the other part about this that's a problem. The other problem about this that's a problem. Who else is influencing this? Who else is influencing this? This can also only happen with the help of the government. The more money you print, the more money you put into the economy, you're thinking you're helping the low and middle income. You don't think the people at the top know who do Like every time when they say, Jamie Dimon, they're going to put $2 trillion more trillion into the economy. Jamie's like, hell yeah, because 40% of it is coming to Chase. Yeah. <laughs> $800 billion is going to end up at whatever the number is mm -hmm. going to be. And his mind is like, that's great. Put $2 trillion. I'm going to get more on my balance right. sheet. You're just going to print it and we'll end up Do you really think these politicians that are sending money out to do this, you think they're sitting there saying, let's help the low and middle income? No. The money's going straight up to the top. We're going to show you a clip here in a minute. I'm going to get your feedback. But we're going to show you a clip here in a minute on what happened with Nancy Pelosi. You you're going to be seeing what people are saying to him. How the hell did you get so rich? Because you got insider stuff and other people are going to jail having done one-tenth of the crime you and your husband have committed. You're seeing the protesting taking place. But the low wage, the separation, the disparity, all of that is you need to start thinking long-term and not joining the camp that's convincing you to work fewer hours is you need to figure out a way to be more competitive in a marketplace. When I talk to comedian Kevin Hart, he says, you'd be surprised how hard I had to work. I work my ass off, okay? You talk to Rogan. Rogan, how hard that freaking guy works. People think Joe became Joe because Joe is just this talented, funny, likable guy, and he is all of that. But I know a lot of talented, funny, likable guys that don't work hard. This guy was diligent, focused, doing what he's doing, and then all of a sudden gets a few hundred million dollars talking about, I got a few money. That's what he said. That doesn't happen by luck. You think he didn't work his ass off doing the UFC show here, traveling here, over there, over this? You think that schedule is four days a week? The people you admire, younger Gen Z generation, the people you admire, that you read about, that you watch on the sports, that you watch in movies, that you watch in you know, politics or military, you read about the heroes, were not four-day-a-week people. They did not follow that. The heroes you admire didn't follow that strategy. That is purely a propaganda being sold by a bunch of people that went to universities that some professor told them to work four days a week, and they're coming out being you know, disciples of these prophets saying four days a week, not realizing they just ruined somebody's dreams by saying to work four days a week. That's my argument. You don't have to agree with it. You can bash it, trash it. I'm a big boy. I'm comfortable with it. Tom. So everybody understands football. What if I told you, Hey, you know what? You can play football against me, and I'll tell you what. I get four downs. You get five downs. That's 25%. That's an extra. Would you play that game? Yeah, because even if I'm better than you as a team, what an analogy. you get another chance. What an analogy. And you keep coming. You would say, sure, I'll play that game. All day long, I'll play that game. And people, I don't think, really Sick understand boy. that. So The second thing is, you know, set aside politics and write on a piece of paper— and don't talk to your friends, and don't look at the internet. Write these words on a piece of paper. Why does that candidate want my vote? Why? And then the next one is, how are they scaring me? I heard a great talk that boiled down to those two things, the things coming from the top, 
PPD. Why does that candidate want my vote? And how are they trying to scare me? Not with your friends, not to get in an argument over the, the issues that are in there. Just ask yourself that question. How are they trying to scare me and why do they want my vote? And you step back and all of a sudden you realize the way they do it is you have to become dependent on them. That is the easiest way to keep your vote forever is to get you addicted to the crack that is whatever program they can offer you. If you give me one more down, I'm going to play that game. And even if you're a better team than me, I'm going to beat you. And I am resolved to never be dependent on anybody else. And if you allow yourself to be dependent and you allow yourself to be bought, that's where you're going to end up. That's what I have to say about that. I love that analogy. And I'm going to try to give an NBA analogy to your NFL Here analogy. Go. Here it is. The sports audience. Like if I get seven fouls? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, well, to use the top 1%, the next 20, and then basically the bottom. You know, in the, in the NBA, there's 20 guys that make 40 million bucks a year. You got LeBron. You got KD. You got Steph. You got Giannis. These are the all-stars. Okay. And then you've got the average NBA guy that makes, I don't know, five, ten million bucks a year. Not bad for a day's work. Mid-level exemption. Exactly. And then you got what is known as the veterans minimum. Keyword minimum. And then you got guys like Udonis Haslam that literally don't play a minute. Okay, and it's the equivalent of Udonis and respect to UD if you ever see this, because he's been in the league for 20 years. He's freaking my age, yeah. 42, still playing. But he doesn't play. And it's the equivalent of him saying, hey, I'm on the same team as Jimmy Butler. I played with LeBron. I want to make what he makes. Yeah. Well, listen, motherfucker, <laughs> you ain't LeBron. Yeah. You're sitting on the bench mm -hmm. expecting to make what the 1% make. So here's the message to like the, the Bernie Sanders and the AOCs out there. They're always trying to drive up the minimum wage, the equivalent of the veterans minimum. And I think our message is, Rather than trying to fight for 12 or fight for 15 or next, then it'll be the fight for 20. It's like, why don't you, the bottom worker, improve your skill set? So, because in the average NBA career, it lasts five years, okay? The average worker is going to work 50 years. If you're always fighting for a higher minimum wage, what is your ceiling? It's just the minimum, whatever they're willing to shell out and give you. But if you actually put in the work and improve and become the LeBron or Steph of your field, the sky's the limit. So, by the way, some people's argument to that would be, well, dude, I, I can't be 6'8", jump 45 inches, and run a, you know, 4'440". Can't be LeBron. But you right? can in but the you, real world. But No, but wait a minute. But you can be Steph Curry. That's yes. the point. Oh, yeah. You can be Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. okay? So, to me, I fully agree. Yeah. And, and by the way, some people are going to say, you know, well, Pat, Dude, I'm not. I'm not as smart as Elon Musk. You're right. You'll never be Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. Totally get it. Okay, we can. We can. 99.99 percent of the world is never going to be Elon Musk. Okay, the percentage of being Elon Musk is a very, very small percentage. But this isn't about you being Elon Musk. But you can be, you know, a Jack Richardson working at a place that started at the bottom and now is an executive C-suite running media, running finance, yeah. running something, chief of staff, making 200, making 220, and then boom, five years later, you got shares in a company. Ten years later, the company is sold. It goes public. You make $3.9 million on those shares. Like, how did I become a millionaire? I never thought I was going to be. Mm -hmm. You can be that. I think anybody can be that. Forget yes. about the billionaire. Forget about the Hector guys. Forget about the Decker guys. Dude, you can pull that off. I lived in a community. The first time I started making money and all of a sudden I'm living in a community, all I want to know about is, 
hey, how'd you make your money? How'd you do it? How'd you do it? How did you do it? How did you do it? Okay, small percentage, uh, you know, my, my family, oh, I, I work really hard. And you find out from the other guy, no, that guy got his money from his family. Okay, cool. That was only 10% of people. But you know how many people worked at a company and then all of a sudden the company went public? Hey, I worked at the company. I was there at the beginning. 18 years later, they went public. We sold. Dude, I got $1.9 million. I couldn't even believe I'm a regular guy. I'm like, really? What did you do there? Dude, I wasn't even a director or a VP. I was just a manager, and I stayed there. One day, they gave options. I'm like, why would I go anywhere else? Boom, anywhere else. I mean, those are the stories that are there. Those are the, they say the day Microsoft went public, the number is 5,000 millionaires. Can you look up Microsoft public 5,000 millionaire stocks? Can you type that out? Some story. It's either Microsoft or Apple. No, it was Microsoft. He's going to find it. And it was 32-year-old receptionist, a seven-year... Regular guys. A seven-year engineer that had been working 60 hours a week and busted his butt and was given some of those stock options. If you got to put Microsoft, not $5,000... How many millionaires did Microsoft create? Yeah, so so the, the, point, the point here is, both of you guys made great analogies. The point here is, for, for those that are defending the four-day work week and remote and all of that shit... Let me tell you what you're defending. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. It was twelve thousand employees. Okay, Jesus okay. The, it rose to dominate the personal computer operating system market with MS DOS in the mid '80s, wow. followed by Windows. The company's 1986 initial public offering and subsequent rise in its shares created three billionaires and an estimated twelve thousand millionaires from regular employees. Jeez. These are not crazy employees. The people I was describing. Yeah, these are the people that said, "Dude, I, I'm going to stay here. It's hard. I got to work my ass off. We're part of a startup, mm -hmm. but you know what? These guys seem serious. These guys seem committed." Maybe something can happen. So you, if you're watching, like, then, then the opposite side is going to say, but I'm not part of something like that. But then keep open your damn eyes yeah. and find some. They're out there. You can find them. And then bring value to them and say, I'm going to do whatever I can to bring value to this organization. And if they don't reward you, trust me, you're going to find somebody that's going to reward you. When a good guy or a good girl goes through a streak of one or two bad relationships, but, you know, this person's a good person, I'm like, let me just tell you. You're going to be fine, okay? You're going to be fine. Just tell the world what you're looking for and the right person in the right climate, you're eventually going to find them, okay? There you, go. Yeah. you have to know more people need to know what you're looking for. They'll eventually find somebody for You took the words out of my mouth, Pat, because when I was saying, like, you have to find places that have the culture like a value tainment, you know what I mean? Like, you have to come and look for it. Me and uh, Maverick were shooting a sketch in the other building months ago. I told you about this. Shamari, who works with us right now, walked in with a suit looking for... He's like, I want to work at this type of company. And you know what? I think it is, too, Pat. It's like people got addicted to being lazy. Especially COVID didn't help. People were like, you know what? This is, this is fun. I don't have to do anything. I stay at my house. And a habit, Pat, a normal habit creates itself in four days. If you do something for four days... You keep drinking, you keep drinking. You keep, it's it's going to keep going. You know what I mean? So you got to break break that habit. You're We're be in lazy it. and reliant. And reliant, yeah. And then like Mario, hit, like last week, Pat, for my show, for the Vincent O'Shaughnessy show, Mario's like, yeah, we're gonna, we all agreed we're coming in Saturday. And I'm normally, you know, comedians and that, we're Monday through Friday. But if I felt like, holy shit, in here on a Saturday, and it pays off when you see the product of what you're doing on that extra day. You know what I mean? You, 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 know, you know what I do on Saturdays? I'll bring the kids to the office. And it becomes an opportunity for me to spend some time with them. And then I'll explain to them why I'm in the office. Mm -hmm. And say, hey, Daddy, why do we have to go to the office? I'll say, because if you want to have an edge over your competitors, you got to do things they don't want to do. And they're like, okay, that makes sense. So then I'll see Dylan stays practice. After practice, two-hour practice is over with, he's still for another hour. 
Dylan, can I ask you why you're staying for another hour? Daddy, if you want to have an edge over your competitors, <laughs> you got to stop. Like, bingo! Got him! Bingo! Got him.